Hello, everyone, and welcome to Talk with the Doc, the show where we bring your questions to Providence medical experts for insight and information. Remember, everyone, all of our questions come from you, our listeners, via social media. We can be found on Twitter at Providence and on Facebook under Providence Health System. Use the hashtag Talk with the Doc, that's hashtag Talk with the Doc, for a chance to hear your questions in our episodes. Hello, and welcome to our episode on developing a physical fitness routine after COVID. I'm Shana Hicks, Manager of Cardiac and Pulmonary Services at Providence St. Luke's Rehabilitation Medical Center. And just as a little reminder, the information provided during this event is really for educational purposes only. If you have any questions regarding medical conditions or treatment plans, please consult your physician. So let's get started. Joining me today is Laura Wombold, lead exercise physiologist with our cardiopulmonary rehabilitation department at Providence St. Luke's Rehabilitation Medical Center. So Laura, can you kick us off by telling us a little bit about yourself and your role at Providence? Yeah, hi everybody. Um, yeah, like Shana mentioned, my name is Laura and um, I have my um, undergraduate uh, bachelor's degree in exercise science. Um, I have my master's degree in exercise physiology and I've been working here at Providence um, St. Luke's Rehab for um, a little over 10 years now in their uh, cardiac and pulmonary rehab department. Yeah, and I've actually had the pleasure of working with you for over 10 years now. Um, so I thank you, Laura, and I appreciate having someone with your expertise join this conversation. Yeah. Um, so the first question we have is, how do you feel the COVID-19 pandemic interferes with people's physical fitness routine in general? Yeah, I think um, we've you know all had a lot of different challenges um, through the pandemic with having, you know, kind of just normal routines disrupted. Um, you know, maybe we were a gym member and we had gym closures um, or, you know, just a different variety of, of barriers there. Um, so it's been, you know, challenging in a lot of different aspects. Um, some people have, you know, maybe started using more of a home gym setting if their gym was closed. And then at that point early in the pandemic, it seemed like every everyone was sold out of, of dumbbells and weights and equipment. Um, so we had that struggle for a little while. So yeah, it definitely disrupted a lot of different um, aspects of our lives. Um, our normal, you know, fitness routine um, could definitely have been one one example of that. So a lot of us had to kind of get creative in, in our exercise routine. So how, if you don't mind sharing, how did the pandemic change your fitness routine specifically? Yeah. Um, yeah, my um, gym was closed for a little bit um, for a short period there. And um, usually I would take my um, young kiddo to work out with me. They kind of had a childcare set up there in the gym. So um, while that wasn't open, um, I did um, start working out at home. I kind of have kind of a basic garage gym setup now that I've kind of gotten into a good routine with. So um, yeah, it's been different, um, but still good. I've tried to just kind of adapt what I did with the gym and do it um, on my own at home. Um, so there's pros and cons to that, but that's, you know, just in my situation, what what I tried to do to adapt to, um, you know, the, early in the pandemic with things being closed down. Right. I think that's a great word for the pandemic is learning to adapt. I think we had to do that with a lot of things and not just the exercise routines. Um, so here's another question. 
What about for those that got or get COVID? How long should they wait to start a fitness routine after testing positive for COVID? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, we've been kind of watching the research coming out on on this. Um, you know, this is still somewhat new, so there there still needs to be um, research that needs to continue to be um, done on this topic. Um, so, what what we've seen out seen come out so far, uh, we generally want to wait till our symptoms subside. So, if we're still having any of those COVID nineteen like symptoms, like a sore throat or body aches or we're having a difficult time breathing or, or have a fever or cough, um, you know, you generally want to kind of wait till those have subsided. And then, um, you know, consider waiting about one to three weeks before, you know, if we're going to exercise over a moderate intensity, we kind of want to wait that one to three week period um, has been kind of the current recommendations that we're seeing come out. And that depends on the severity of our symptoms. Um, you know, COVID impacts people very differently. So that would really vary depending on your severity of your symptoms and whether you had any underlying health issues prior to COVID or maybe post COVID, you, you've got some kind of new health issues um, that could be kind of related to having COVID. So um, it kind of varies person to person, but generally waiting one to three weeks after those symptoms have subsided um, until you get that intensity with exercise up to a moderate level or higher. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that we want to be completely like bedridden or sedentary per se, um, but just, you know, you want to, you know, listen to your body, really start out nice and light, really think about easing back in, um, just being really mindful of, of your body and our symptoms. And then, um, of course, it's always good if you, um, especially if you had a more significant case of COVID or just have any underlying health conditions, you know, really consider talking to your doctor about when it would be good for you specifically um, to getting back to a good exercise routine that's going to be at least at that moderate intensity or higher. Those are kind of the, the recommendations that we're seeing coming out. Yeah, um, I definitely agree that the research has been pretty limited regarding COVID and exercise specifically. And I'll just add to your kind of intensity comments that individuals should really only progress if exercise is well tolerated and symptoms do not return or worsen with activity. And just like you said, you know, if there's any reason that they have questions or concerns to just to consult with their physicians. So yeah, great. and then kind of week, you know, weekly general recommendations. We've also seen these come out where, you know, week one, um, once those symptoms have subsided, um, you know, just kind of consider getting back into light stretching, light strengthening, um, kind of those less intense activities. You know, for some people, um, it'll it'll again vary person to person depending on what your original fitness level was like and how severe you got COVID, but. Um, you know, those might look for some people like just seated um, arm and leg endurance exercises for some that might be, you know, slow walking. Um, so just nice and light um, that first week after those symptoms have subsided. Um, week two, they're kind of saying generally, you know, we're easing back into those light aerobic activities and considering, you know, reducing that to about 25% of what you were doing pre-COVID. Um, so it should feel, feel very light. Um, you know, and again, same kind of examples of those light activities would you know, vary per person, but light walking or light seated modes for some people. Um, week three, after those symptoms have subsided, we're gradually progressing, you know, closer to that moderate intensity range of those cardiovascular exercises or aerobic activities. Um, 
if you're doing this at home, you know, one way to kind of judge and just kind of test yourself to see that intensity is um, utilizing the talk test. So um, if you're doing some light walking or light seated exercising, um, if you're able to speak a, a sentence, that's usually considered about a moderate intensity. Um, if you're gasping for breath, that's more vigorous. You might want to just back off a little bit, especially after recovering from something like COVID. Um, if you're able to just, you know, sing a, sing a song, um, you know, that might be a little bit lighter than moderate um, exercise. So you can kind of utilize that talk test to know, you know, how hard, how hard you're working at home. Um, one other thing to consider is, you know, if you're able to track your heart rate, um, just generally kind of making sure that it's not, you know, much higher than what you're used to seeing, like your normal heart rate, um, and, and making sure after exercise that that's coming back down and recovering after exercise. Um, if not, that's one thing to communicate to your doctor um, so that they're aware. Um, that's one thing we have noticed in the rehab setting um, with cardiac or pulmonary patients that are recovering from COVID is um, at times we are seeing those heart rates kind of come up and, and, and not come down as well. Um, and so that's something that we, we want to report to their doctors. And so if you are seeing that at home, um, just keeping your, your doctor in the loop is important. Right. That's a really good tip, especially, I mean, because taking your heart rate is pretty simple. Um, and then also that talk test, that's that's a great point. And I think that's something that we also use for our patients here in the cardiac and pulmonary rehab program. So just a simple way to test yourself. So, all right, what has the research shown regarding post-COVID benefits of exercise? Yeah, um, so this is another thing we've been kind of following um, with the research coming out, um, the limited research that there is on COVID-19 and exercise, but, um, you know, basically, um, you know, a lot of those symptoms that we can get with COVID or, or even a little bit after COVID with the fatigue, um, you know, breathing difficulties, things like that, um, you know, a lot of those things can, you know, be improved with easing back in to an exercise routine. Um, you know, if you're feeling, you know, you want to still ease in very lightly, um, but, you know, whether, whether it's managing pain levels or, you know, that lingering shortness of breath, um, you know, getting that, that muscle strength and endurance back, those are all um, benefits of easing back into exercise after we've, we've recovered and, and some of those symptoms are subsiding from, from COVID. So they are showing that um, a lot of benefit in, in restarting that exercise routine when it's safe to do so. Um, you know, if we're too sedentary for too long, those muscles can um, start to atrophy um, or that's also called muscle wasting. Um, so we want to make sure we're not too sedentary in the recovery process. Um, but again, kind of listen to your body and, and really go on the light side, easing back in. Right. And Laura, you brought up a really great point about muscle wasting with kind of that extended period or a lack of activity which got me to think about, you know, really good nutrition and hydration and how it plays a role in, in helping to reverse that muscle wasting. So, um, you know, we all should be trying to drink enough water, at least eight to 10 cups a day and incorporating protein into each well-balanced meal. Yeah, those are really good tips. And, you know, in cardiac and pulmonary rehab, we're big promoters of nutrition and exercise. So this nutrition piece kind of goes right along in hand with the exercise recommendations. 
um, you know, a lot of struggles we've heard people having post COVID or that, you know, that typical loss of taste, um, loss of taste or smell or just things smelling or tasting, um, not, not great. And so people can struggle to, to get enough calories, um, with COVID and that can be difficult. Yeah. Right. Um, a study actually showed that the most common nutrition related complaints besides that loss of taste and smell, which you just mentioned, were decrease in appetite that you said, and also feeling full, or even just that shortness of breath contributing to, you know, that poor nutritional status or not, not wanting to eat. So what do you feel like, uh, what are some ways to combat those concerns? Yeah, some of the things that we've seen um, come out about this, um, you know, one tip is kind of eating more um, frequent meals that are smaller to help with that. Um, I kind of jotted some notes down here that I thought was interesting, um, you know, using certain foods with um, that are high in flavor to help with things. For example, um, adding lemon juice to transform something that tastes flat, um, adding a healthy source of fat to the food if it's too spicy tasting for you. Um, add a little pinch of salt can bring out the flavors or even adding a, a drop of maple syrup can help kind of round out the flavors, make them come together um, if that food is too spicy or too flat um, or too bitter. So just some little tips there from um, some of the nutrition research that we're seeing come out and, and from some registered dietitians. So those are some things that can be um, helpful in trying to still get you know that, that food intake and your calorie intake in with those healthy calories. Those are great tips. Um, thank you for sharing those. So we'll move back into the fitness routine. What's the best way for people to get back into a physical fitness routine after having COVID? Yeah, um, you know, just like even even non-COVID related, you know, as we start back up with an exercise routine, um, you know, it's important to kind of consider the, the important components of a fitness plan are getting in some some strength training, um, some mobility or flexibility exercises, which is stretching and some light um, cardiovascular exercise. So, you know, cover, recovering from COVID, those those same, same principles still apply. Um, so combining those components in some way that you enjoy and can kind of ease back into that feels safe for your body. Um, some people really find that they like um, an accountability partner or buddy. Um, that might be even more so important recovering from COVID. Some people, you know, have concerns that they, um, you know, they want to be doing it safely. They might be a little bit nervous to exercise alone. Um, so that's something that can be helpful if you just have a friend or family member or somebody that you like to to exercise with, um, or what maybe it's a gym membership or some uh, somebody that you trust um, to exercise alongside with. Right, having that accountability partner or that support can be huge to someone. Um, and then I'll just add that an individual who experiences more severe, like a more severe case of COVID and the symptoms are persistent, maybe that shortness of breath, if they persist more than four weeks, uh, I would recommend that they talk to their doctor about getting a referral to a pulmonary rehab program, just similar to what we have here at St. Luke's, where they're trained staff to monitor their vital signs and provide them with further education on ways to manage their symptoms and progress their exercise routines in a safe way that you've been talking about. All right. Is there a specific type of exercise you should start with before introducing others? 
Um, we've kind of touched on this previously. Um, it's going to, again, vary on, you know, the patients or the person's um, individual uh, endurance level, you know, maybe before they got COVID. Um, it's going to vary depending on what, what they previously done for exercise and maybe, maybe any other health concerns or, again, new health-related issues um, to, to possibly COVID complications. Um, but again, you know, just light stretching, light um, strengthening exercise exercises, um, and then kind of introducing the the light walking or light seated cardiovascular exercises. Um, and again, just kind of using pain and symptoms as your guide. You you know your body the best, so easing in and listening to your body. Yeah, listening to your body is a great tip. Uh, what about the different variants, such as the Delta or the Omicron? Do these make uh, more difficult to exercise? Um, I mean, from what we've heard, you know, at times you'd hear that the, the more recent variants, um, you know, may produce less severe symptoms. I think this, that's just very general. It really, you know, varies person to person and, and the severity of, of their cases. Um, so it's just really going to be... Um, dependent, you know, on the person, their previous health conditions, and, and just how severely they, they got COVID. Yeah, I agree. So does the degree in which you start out depend on how severe the COVID symptoms were? Yeah, I mean, generally, if you had a more severe case of COVID, um, you know, consider talking to your doctor about get, getting back into an exercise routine. Um, and, you know, the more severe your symptoms were, again, after those have subsided, you're, you're wanting to probably start a little bit even lighter if you had a, a very severe case. So you're just using more caution, um, you know, if you had a more significant case of COVID. Right. So what about people with long COVID? Uh, are you seeing a difference in how they are able to get back into a fitness routine? Yeah, I mean, with some um, some people, we are seeing that, um, you know, unfortunately, we have seen some patients come in who were younger um, and, you know, pretty fit before getting COVID um, need to come into a pulmonary rehab type of setting. So unfortunately, some people do get more significant cases of it for whatever reason. And um, so their their routine has definitely been more disrupted. And, and hopefully we can we can see some good recovery with that is kind of the goal um, with them coming into to a rehab setting. But yeah, hope, hopefully, hopefully more people are able to get back to um, a good fitness routine. Right. So do you feel that many people aren't able to get back to a normal fitness routine post COVID? Um, I'm not going to say, you know, many won't, but you know, some, some might not, um, you know, depending again on the complications of how severe they, they got COVID. Um, but you know, COVID is just one of, you know, many barriers that, that we all can struggle with, with being consistent with our exercise routine. Um, you know, there's many different um, things that people struggle with as far as just having lack of time in their busy schedule or access to certain things. Uh, maybe they have different orthopedic limitations or whatever it might be. Um, you know, COVID just kind of adds one more barrier to that uh, where we, we want to try to find ways of you know, still, um, still getting into a consistent exercise routine as it's safe to, to do that. Uh, we might need to, again, adapt what our normal routine looked like. We might need to make some changes and adapt to that so that we can still consistently exercise. 
Right, there's that word adapt again. <laughs> so one of the biggest barriers to exercise that I've seen when we've been working with our cardiac and pulmonary rehab patients is really fear, uh, which I feel like would also be some, uh, some with the post-COVID individuals who deal with shortness of breath and even the cardiovascular complications that they may have, not knowing where to start or how much to push themselves even. Uh, just for fear of making their symptoms worse. But I do feel like that overcoming that fear or whatever barrier it is to exercise, just like you were talking about, there's multiple barriers, that it's really important because the benefits of exercise in general have been really well researched. So saying that, we know that physical benefits, we know the physical benefits of exercise, but how can physical activity improve our emotional health and other areas of our lives post-COVID. Yeah, um, you know, we've always kind of talked about uh, exercises being kind of the, the magic pill, right? If if we were to be consistently exercising, that, that impacts almost every aspect of our lives in a positive, healthy way. Um, so we just want to try to more consistently to do that. It's very important. Um, there's been um, so much research on the benefits of exercise and that includes um, our emotional health also. And there's also been a lot of research done on that. So post COVID, you know, that's also the, all those same things still apply that it's gonna, um, you know, improve our overall well-being and mood. It can help decrease stress levels and depression symptoms. Um, it helps increase our sleep quality. So many, many, um, whether that's um, psychosocial, neurological, cardiovascular, um, you know, any aspect of our health um, exercise is gonna be very beneficial, even, even at boosting our immune system. So many benefits. Yeah, that's a lot of benefits. And one of the reasons why I continue to exercise and, and eat healthy. So is there anything else that you'd like to share with us today, Laura? Um, just that, that, that um, whoever, you know, may be recovering from COVID or maybe you previously had COVID or just um, maybe you, you have not had COVID, you're just wanting to, you know, get back into an exercise routine and make some healthy changes. Um, I hope people do um, do, do that. Um, we, we do want to, to get back to exercising. Um, it's important in so many aspects of our lives. We do want to be smart with our bodies and ease back in when it's safely or when it's safe, but um, we do want to set those goals of returning to an exercise routine. Right, exactly. And I'll just add that as we are recovering from any illness, uh, not just COVID, that it's so important to give ourselves some grace and really some compassion throughout the process of healing. So as we close this episode, I just want to say thank you, Laura, for joining us today and to everyone for listening and sending in your questions. If you are looking for medical advice, please visit our website at providence.org and make sure to follow Providence on social media, at Providence on Twitter and Facebook and under Providence Health System on Instagram and LinkedIn. Thank you.